Chapter Ten of Stories of North Pole Adventure by Frank Mundell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Fate of Franklin. As time passed on, and expedition after expedition returned without bringing any news of the Erebus and Terror, public anxiety increased but nothing further was heard of the missing explorers till eighteen fifty four then some definite traces were found by dr ray who for several years had been engaged in the search by the hudson bay company while exploring the western shore of boothia he fell in with an eskimo to whom he put the usual question have you seen white men before he said no but he had heard of a number having died far to the west noticing a gold cap band round the man's head the doctor asked him where he had obtained it and he said it had been got where the dead white men were ray bought the cap band and told him that if he or his companions had any other things which had belonged to the white men to bring them to repulse bay where they would obtain good prices for them later in the year a party of eskimos arrived at repulse bay and from them ray obtained the information that in the spring about four years before forty white men had been seen dragging a boat and sledges over the ice near king william land none of the party could speak the eskimo language so well as to be understood but by signs the natives were led to believe that their ships had been crushed by the ice the bodies of thirty men had afterwards been found on the mainland and five others on an island near it some had died in the tents some had been buried but many of them died as they fell and were left behind the survivors being too exhausted to attend to their burial ray also bought from the natives a number of articles which were known to have been in possession of the officers of the expedition including some silver spoons and forks an order of merit in the form of a star and a small plate engraved sir john franklin c b the weight of such evidence was too great to be resisted and the government awarded the discoverer and his men ten thousand pounds for having been the first to bring any trustworthy news of the lost explorers still however nothing was known of the actual fate of the expedition and lady franklin the noble-hearted wife of the lost navigator wrote an eloquent and pathetic appeal to the government urging them to send out a final expedition to search for any possible survivor she pleaded that the bones of the dead might be sought for and gathered together that their buried records be unearthed or recovered from the hands of the eskimos and above all that their last written words so precious to their bereaved families and friends be saved from destruction 
this final and exhaustive search she added is all i seek in behalf of the first and only martyrs to arctic discovery in modern times and it is all i ever intend to ask this request was as it seems to us heartlessly refused on the plea that as there was no prospect of saving life the risk inseparable from such an enterprise would not be justified but the noble and true woman who had already fitted out three expeditions without success resolved to employ what remained to her of her fortune in fitting out a final search expedition fortunately the time had not come when englishmen would stand idly by and allow a woman to undertake such an enterprise single-handed and from many quarters came substantial offers of help a steam yacht named the fox was purchased and made ready without loss of time captain mcclintock who had seen much service in the polar sea was chosen for the command his instructions from lady franklin were contained in the following words as to the objects of the expedition and their relative importance i am sure you know that the rescue of any possible survivor of the erebus and terror would be to me as it would to you the noblest result of our efforts on the first of july eighteen fifty seven the fox set sail from aberdeen with a crew of twenty-five men seventeen of whom had previously served in the arctic search the second officer in command was lieutenant hobson at the end of the month they arrived off the coast of greenland where they wintered on the seventeenth of april eighteen fifty eight the ice broke up and mcclintock determined to try and push forward though the fox was in frequent danger of being crushed to pieces by huge masses of floating ice she steamed bravely on and entered lancaster sound sailing through barrow strait mcclintock steered in a southerly direction for twenty-five miles down peel strait when he had to return on account of the ice several eskimos were seen but none of them had any knowledge of the missing ships or men of franklin's expedition the winter of eighteen fifty eight fifty nine was spent in bellot strait which divides boothia from north somerset and preparations were made for a series of sledge excursions in the spring on the seventeenth of february eighteen fifty nine captain mcclintock started on a preliminary journey southward along the western shore of boothia having arrived in the neighbourhood of the magnetic pole without finding any traces the gallant captain began to fear that his journey would prove a failure on looking behind them however the explorers were surprised to see four men following in their footsteps mcclintock and the interpreter at once advanced to meet them 
during the conversation he observed a naval button on one of their dresses and on his asking where it had been obtained the eskimos replied that it came from some white people who were starved upon an island where there are salmon that is an island in a river and that the iron of which their knives were made came from the same place mcclintock hired the eskimos at the rate of a needle for each man to build him a snow hut which they finished in an hour here the explorers took up their abode and told the eskimos that they wished to trade with them and promised to buy everything which belonged to the starved white men if they would come to the hut on the morrow next day the population of the whole village arrived amounting to forty-five souls from aged people to infants in arms mcclintock purchased all the relics they produced consisting of six silver spoons and forks a silver medal part of a gold chain several buttons and knives made of the iron and wood of the wreck as well as bows and arrows constructed of materials obtained from the same source none of the people had seen the whites alive only one man had seen their bones upon the island where they died with high hopes mcclintock and his men reached the ship on the fourteenth of march and immediately began to hasten the preparations for the departure of the sledge expeditions this journey completed the discovery of the entire coastline of arctic north america on the second of april eighteen fifty nine captain mcclintock and lieutenant hobson set out in search of the relics of the franklin expedition each of the leaders had a sledge drawn by four men besides a dog sledge and dog driver no natives were seen till the twentieth when two eskimo families were met with from them some important relics and still more important information were obtained they learnt that two ships had been seen by the natives of king william island one of them had sunk in deep water but the other was forced on shore by the ice that must either be the erebus or the terror was mcclintock's inward observation and he determined without loss of time to discover the position of the stranded ship with this object in view he dispatched lieutenant hobson to examine the west coast of the island while he proceeded to explore the east coast on the seventh of may mcclintock came across another eskimo village here he purchased six pieces of silver plate bearing the crests and initials of franklin and several of his officers the natives said that there was a wreck distant five days journey but little of it now remained as their countrymen had carried almost everything away there had been many books but all had been destroyed by the weather long since an old woman and a boy who had last visited the wreck 
were brought before mcclintock and closely questioned by the interpreter she said many of the white men dropped by the way as they went to the great fish river some were buried and some were not having obtained all the information which these people could give the explorers set off without delay and pushed on in the direction which if their information was correct would certainly yield the most splendid results on the twenty fifth of may while walking on the shore along which the survivors of the franklin expedition must have marched mcclintock came upon a human skeleton partly exposed with here and there a few fragments of clothing appearing above the snow from the loose bow-knot in which the neckerchief was tied the captain concluded that the victim had been a steward or officer's servant a clothes-brush and a pocket-book were found near at hand the old woman's brief story unsurpassed in graphic simplicity was confirmed they fell down and died as they walked along pressing on for twelve miles mcclintock came upon a small cairn which the gallant hobson who had outmarched him had built it contained a note from the lieutenant telling how he had reached this point six days before without having seen anything of the wreck but he had found a record for which during the past ten years thousands of miles of bleak coast had been explored many hardships endured and not a few valuable lives sacrificed on an ordinary ship's paper weather-stained frayed with rust and ragged from damp and contact with the tin in which it was enclosed the secret of the tragic fate of franklin's expedition was revealed twenty eighth of may eighteen forty seven her majesty's ships erebus and terror wintered in the ice in latitude seventy degrees five minutes north longitude ninety eight degrees twenty three minutes west having wintered in eighteen forty six seven at beachy island in latitude seventy four degrees forty three minutes twenty eight seconds north longitude ninety one degrees thirty nine minutes fifteen seconds west after having ascended wellington channel to latitude seventy seven degrees and returned by the west side of cornwallis island sir john franklin commanding the expedition all well party consisting of two officers and six men left the ships on monday the twenty fourth of may eighteen forty seven graham gore lieutenant charles f devoe mate round the margin of the paper were written the following notes april the twenty fifth eighteen forty eight her majesty's ships terror and erebus were deserted on the twenty second of april five leagues nor nor west of this having been beset since the twelfth of september eighteen forty six the officers and crews 
consisting of one hundred and five souls under the command of captain f r m crozier landed here in latitude sixty nine degrees thirty seven minutes forty two seconds north longitude ninety eight degrees forty one minutes west sir john franklin died on the eleventh of june eighteen forty seven and the total loss by deaths in the expedition has been to this date nine officers and fifteen men signed f r m crozier captain and senior officer signed james fitzjames captain h m s erebus and start to-morrow the twenty-sixth for great fish river resuming his journey mcclintock proceeded to the western extremity of the island which he named cape crozier shortly after this he found a large boat that had belonged to the franklin expedition and which contained two human skeletons and numerous other precious relics including five watches two guns the fragment of a pair of worked slippers and a few books all of them scriptural or devotional works except the vicar of wakefield a small bible contained numerous marginal notes and whole passages underlined still following in the footsteps of hobson numerous other relics were found the gallant lieutenant though so weak that he could barely drag his pain-racked and scurvy-stricken body along worked almost night and day with an enthusiasm which no hardships could lessen so thoroughly did he examine every spot that mcclintock coming over the same ground after him could not discover any trace that had escaped him nothing however was seen of the wreck of which the eskimos spoke and the explorers concluded that the vessels had drifted south from the position in which they were abandoned and that they were destroyed off the southwest coast of king william island having thus actually made the northwest passage as a glance at the map will show both franklin and mcclure completed the northwest passage but by different routes the one to the south and the other to the north of banksland franklin however made his passage two years before mcclure nothing now remained for the explorers but to make their way back to the ship which they reached on the nineteenth of june after an absence of seventy-eight days during which they had explored about five hundred miles of coast on the tenth of august the fox started on her homeward voyage and forty days later she reached the english channel when the men were paid off one of the first uses they made of their well-earned money was to present captain mcclintock with a gold chronometer as a mark of esteem and goodwill a statue of sir john franklin was erected in london as a national monument to the great explorer on the pedestal are the following words franklin 
to the great navigator and his brave companions who sacrificed their lives in completing the discovery of the northwest passage a d eighteen forty seven eight erected by the unanimous vote of parliament on beachy island where the three graves were found lady franklin caused to be erected a handsome monument bearing the inscription to the memory of franklin crozier fitzjames and all their gallant brother officers and faithful companions who have suffered and perished in the cause of science and the service of their country this tablet is erected near the spot where they passed their first arctic winter and whence they issued forth to conquer difficulties or to die it commemorates the grief of their admiring countrymen and friends and the anguish subdued by faith of her who has lost in the heroic leader of the expedition the most devoted and affectionate of husbands and so he bringeth them unto the haven where they would be eighteen fifty five End of chapter 10